It's so good. Every time I watch it, I'm like, this is amazing. You, you've had episodes where you're like, oh, I didn't expect to cry during this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for coming. Thanks for... Yeah, sorry for rescheduling so many times. It's been a crazy month, so... Don't even worry about it. Just yeah. moved? Yeah, how's that going? It's okay. I'm kind of empty apartment. Like, need to get all set up. I had to move out of my place in December, because I, I thought I'd have it till the end of January, but um, I was on the lease, and it was one of the, whatever, long story short, I had to leave early, and um, I moved all my stuff to storage because of the holidays, and I was like, I don't want to move right now. <sighs> so then I was just bouncing around for two months. So it's nice to have a place, but it's like... Your stuff's just in storage. Still, I, well, I moved all my stuff to storage to my new place yesterday. So oh, good. good. Yeah, but yeah. everything's in boxes. And sort of just getting reacquainted and figuring out like what furniture I need to keep, what I need to you know, like. Whenever you move, it's always like, oh, I need new stuff. It's weird because it's like it should just be able to transfer directly. But yeah. It's always like suddenly I need a shelf for this random box of things. But <laughs> where did I put it before? Like you know, it's I don't know. It's very bizarre. And it's, then he's stressed out about it. You And you get, uh, it's a chance to organize, I guess. Yeah, true. To be you like. Recondo your life. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. I love when people post about that and they're like, it's amazing, it changed everything. And then some people are like, well, some of these things didn't spark joy right now, but later they later might. Later will. So like, oh, I'll keep it. I love hoarding stuff, but so I like put stuff in boxes and then I go back and look at it later. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, are we recording already? Yeah. Oh, we are. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay, I was like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, like cool. to, I like to try and make it a smooth yeah, transition. Yeah, it in. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I have my dog here. You're not, I hope you're not allergic. No, your dog is a <laughs> He's been anxious because of moving around, so I didn't want to mm -hmm. leave him by himself in the apartment. So calm. And it's been like a whole thing, because he's a, um, a companion animal, but like we ran into issues with another place we tried to get... Cause then I like they're like no pets, and then I was trying to be a good person and be like no pets, but like because he was like no dogs or cats. I was like, well, I mean technically he is a dog, so I was like, we don't have pets, but you know I have a service animal, I have his paperwork and whatever. And then um, the guy like it's technically illegal, but then like made up a reason why we couldn't rent there. But like both me and my roommate have excellent credit, and uh, we we're like we know that we would have been approved. But he then he was like oh blah blah, we were giving it. Some family wants to live there, like a bullshit lie suddenly. What? And so we couldn't get around it. And then I was like, okay, I'm not going to bring him up anymore, even though I wanted to like not feel like I was tricking anyone. Yeah. Um, and then when I went back to get my application feedback, he was showing the apartment to a couple, and I just like glared at him. I was like, oh, so the family took it, right? And he was like, oh, yeah, huh. Okay, bye-bye. Oh, and I was like, technically, shit. I could probably like get you in trouble, but I was like, I don't want to go through the trouble. So now I have yeah. him. We didn't say anything to the management. And I was like on my, the phone with my mom because I was like, do you think I should just send them the paperwork so they know and we're ahead? And she's like, why? Just to cause more trouble? Like, just don't say anything. So, but I hate, like, all, all growing up, I've hated all, like, I've never been a bad kid. Like, I hate doing stuff where it feels like I'm lying or cheating or stealing or anything. Yeah. So I just wanted to be like, don't worry, I'm not trying to break the rules. <laughs> but, um... Just letting you know, everything's filled out, yeah. and here's the paperwork. But they, but my mom's like, don't say anything. Like, if they ask, just show it to them. So I'm like, okay. But now I feel like I'm just anxious, because I'm like, they're just gonna, they're gonna get bad. But I'm like, oh, well, I guess I just gotta live with it. <laughs> But you, you didn't get that place. You got a different place. Got a different place, and this time we waited till we signed the lease. And they were cool. With but they didn't say so. That it said no pets in the lease. But then I was like, I'm not gonna mention it this time because yeah. last time, 
Like it's weird. Like it's weird either way because it does feel like I'm tricking them. But I want like every time I've tried to be up front, they've turned us away. Yeah. Which is why there is a law there because it's a, they don't want people to discriminate. <laughs> but then yeah, I kept thinking like, well, if I'm just nice, they'll be cool with it. Yeah. But then they're like, no. So now I'm like, okay, I kind of have no choice but to like hide it. <laughs> so it's like no pets. But I'm like, okay, well, I like read the law back and forth, and it's like if it says no pets. It's, they don't fall under that. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I know he's protected, but I'm like, I don't want them mad at me. So I'm like, what do I do? You're good. What, it, what it'll come down to, if they want to, is there will be, like, a courtroom, right? And so everyone's in there, and you're on suits, and then you're at, like, the defendant spot, and then your dog is, like, in a suit. In a suit. Oh, my God, he needs to... <laughs> Plus, he's so cute. I don't think anyone can get mad at him. It just annoys me that it's like, and even there's a part of me that feels like insecure about it, if that makes sense. Like, because I don't like to make people mad. Yeah. First of all, it's like a dumb rule to be like, no pets in like an apartment. Like, I don't know. It's LA. Like, just get over yourself. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't be like, no kids. Like, whatever. I guess you <laughs> people discriminate all the time. But it, to me, it's like, I already feel, I'm like justifying it in my head. Like, oh, they asshole do this. And my mom was like, you just have to be cool with it. Like, you're protected, so don't feel guilty like she's like you're acting guilty and which is, i am but it's because i don't want to feel like i'm wrong i get it i get but it but i know i'm not and uh <laughs> and the thing that i was thinking about i was like this is so weird because it's like like there's like like well, well i have this too because i make fun of i make fun of it all the time like i'm like oh emotional support animal like blah whatever it's just like a dumb hippie to be thing <laughs> but it's not but it is easy to make fun of you know yeah, yeah. and i feel like um i feel like there's this weird thing where it's like, yeah, even if like a doctor with a PhD and science is behind it, we're still like, no, that thing is fake. Like, that's dumb. That's just the thing you made up to have a dog. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, no, it's not. Like, why would we go? Like, why would a doctor make up a dumb thing just so you can have a dog, right? Like, so that's where I'm like already feeling like insecure, even though I'm like. What makes me think I'm smarter than a doctor? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's that. There's the thing with also with um, medical, the medical wrecks when the when those came around oh, and yeah. everyone was like, oh, sure, you have oh, an achy a, back. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I do have an achy back. And I love smoking weed. Like, right. I mean, I'm sure to a certain extent there are people who can abuse sure, rules yeah. and stuff. People are like, oh, I think I get dizzy sometimes. Like, oh, yeah. that sounds horrible. Here you go. Although the medical, in California, it quite really it was pretty lenient joke. for a bit. Yeah, because yeah, when I went in to get my card, the doctor was just like in the oldest man you had ever seen. Like, I'm like, there's no way. He was just like a, like an old, old man who probably was just like, I'll just do the thing on the side for money. And... Literally just was like, it was not a legit, it didn't feel legit at all. It was like a, you know, a place called Nirvana Clinic. You go in and there's like, so what, there's a list of symptoms on the wall that you could point to. It's like, so what do you, what do you got? You literally just point. I was like, I have cramps, which I do. And then he was like, okay, great. And then he just prescribed me a club card. There was, um, I can't remember which buddy it was, but they went to a medical place and they were like, I got to find a new place because I went in there. And they denied me. And I was like, what? And they go, yeah. I, I go, yeah, sometimes I have anxiety. And then the doctor was like, yeah, so what? A lot of people have anxiety. <laughs> and then so he's like, um, and sometimes I get headaches. Yeah, a lot of people get headaches. <laughs> anxiety is a hard one because I think we can make it worse. And so if someone goes in there saying that. But physical pain, it really does help manage. I mean, but I was taking painkillers for physical pain. Like, not like 
to you know abusively, but like you know like Motrin and Vital uh, and Advil and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, it is like a thing I'm still treating. So it's just a different treatment. It's and true. so I'm glad it's like, and it's more natural. Yeah. I mean, wherever you fall on, I don't know. I'm sure some people still think it's like criminal, but uh, <laughs> but it's 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 like it's natural. It's wonderful. It's just different perspective because yeah. pills are also altering your body. Yeah. It is a drug. Like I, it's funny when people yeah. are like it's not a drug. It can't hurt you. It's like well, no, it's still a drug. But there's other legal drugs that you're taking, like ibuprofen is a drug. Yep. It's a legal drug, so we don't we don't criminalize it. But. Advil, Tylenol, Bayer. Um, I mean, alcohol people self-medicate, and that isn't good for you, but nobody's, like, putting people in jail for it. Yeah, so It is true. crazy that we criminalize marijuana. When, when people go, drinking's okay, but weed, I don't know. And you're like, hey. You're like, <laughs> Hold on a second. is so much worse for you. Like, <laughs> physically worse. Like, it kills your brain cells. It's like a disease. And the liver, Alcoholism like, it's not good disease. for the liver, right? Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> awful for you. But there's a lot of money in alcohol. And, you know, don't get me wrong. People want to have a drink, have a drink. Yeah. There's, the point is there's a lot of stuff in the world that's bad for you. Um, but the things we decide are worse. Or the things we make evil are funny to me. It's like, oh, and, yeah. and we pick and choose. The things you know? we decide to be like, yeah, that's very bad. Yeah. And I'm never going to do it. And you're like, well, you don't even know. Right. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So, um, so comedy, yes. acting, everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> how long, how long have you been doing it for? How long have you been doing it all? Doing all of it? Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know. It depends on what you define as. I've been doing stand-up since 2013. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like I have an anniversary date. A lot of people, I feel like, post on their anniversaries. I don't, I can't, I can't tell you what day I started. Yeah. I can, I remember, like, the first show and, like, the first mic I did, but I don't remember the date. Um, yeah. But I actually started in improv, which is, I know, so, terrible. No, no, I love I mean, improv, but it's funny because stand-up take improv. It's, it's, a, it's a whole other animal, and it's also, it's hard to wrangle. Yeah. <laughs> like, improv itself. Because, you know, you get riffing, and then sometimes a riff could fall, and then you're like, oh shit, I fucked up. <laughs> right. Well, improv, you don't have to, um, I feel like you don't have to be funny. Like, you are funny, Like, but the, the mentality is different. You're not trying to make someone laugh every line. You're trying to be grounded and realistic, and that's what makes people laugh. Yeah. But if you're on just on stage being doing nothing in stand-up, that's not funny. Yeah. But I feel like an improv just sitting and, like, drinking a cup of coffee realistically could be really funny. It could turn into something. Yeah, because even people are just like, oh, you don't expect <laughs> to see that. And, and also the idea that it's not scripted is an extra element. Yep. So, like, doing nothing but, but very realistically... And not planning it is funny, but planning to do nothing is not that funny. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Um, but Did I like, you, Sorry, go ahead. Um, all the Christopher Guest movies, are you a fan of those? Oh, I watched Best, Best in Show. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen Waiting for Guffman? No, oh, I should. It's so good. <laughs> like, that one was the one right after um, This is Spinal Tap. Uh-huh. And so when they made it, I don't know, it's just something about that one. Because you're like... It is still their improv and all their comedy and everything, but it, the the background, the backdrop is this town called Blaine, Missouri, and it's the <laughs> most boring ass town in the whole world. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show. What's another one? Mighty Wind. Did you oh, see okay. that one? No, I think I've only seen Best in Show. And I then, gotta check it out. I mean, I, yeah, I love those. I mean, those are like you know masters of it. Yeah. But 
That's the thing is like most people think when they think improv, they think of people who've done it for like decades and are like the best. And then of course that's what makes it to TV and movies. Yeah. But then when you go to when you first start, it's like everybody's terrible at it. <laughs> and so I think it's getting past that initial hump. Um, but I did it. When did I start improv? I took my first improv class at UCB in 2011. All right. Um, like the end of the year, and that's the year I graduated college. Nice. And I feel like I wasted my college comedy wise because I didn't do anything comedy wise, and I lived in New York, so I was like, what a oh. waste. I don't know, what a waste. Uh. But I dance, I did other stuff. <laughs> so whatever, I was adding to my life experience. Um, but I didn't start stand up really till. I mean, I had, while I was doing improv, I'd gone to a cursory, like, open mic here and there, which yeah. everyone does, because they yeah. have mics at UCB. Yeah. And I used to live near, this has closed since, but UCB East. Okay. In the East Village, okay. so uh, I would go to that mic sometimes, just because I'm like, I, w I was like in that like early stage of comedy where you're very excited and you just want to be around people all the time who yeah. do it. So on my nights off, for, or I mean, sorry, I worked a day job. So on my nights when I didn't have anything and I wasn't doing a ton of shows anyway, so I just have a lot of nights off. I just go to UCB. So I would mm -hmm. go and do the mic here and there, but I would say I probably did like less than ten times. A year, you know what I mean? So yeah. I wouldn't. I would hardly say I was doing stand up then. Uh, but then in 2013, I was like, I want to go back to stand up, or you just started at all. Yeah. And yeah, and then that's when I started doing it like every day and regularly. Well, you could say that like when you're doing the mics, it's like you're cutting your teeth. You're like seeing what was out there, seeing what was up, and yeah, sampler platter. <laughs> you were getting your own sampler platter. <laughs> Comedy, yeah. Exactly. Well, I don't know. Do people count? Because when people count their anniversary, I don't know if you would count like if you did stand up once and then didn't do it for three years, as a uh, start. As a first time, I think for sure. Okay. And then. Then I guess technically my anniversary would be in 2011. Okay. But I don't, I don't count that because I think I did like in the from between 2011 and 2013. I think I did maybe like three shows you know there what are I mean? there are timeline discrepancies and that's totally fine yeah. the cool thing is to look back and be like i remember that stage yes i remember like walking up there and being like what am i gonna do i'm gonna entertain the fucking world right now <laughs> <laughs> i remember someone said something to me once that made me like realize <coughs> i wasn't self-aware like someone said and i think he said this to be mean but i at the time i was just like okay it was a very passive aggressive another male comedian was like after i got off stage at a mic he was like you know what i like about you you like are so unfazed when you bomb and i was like huh and i was like not even at the level where i was even paying attention to laughs I was just in a very, very intro level. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not, first of all, a fucked up thing to say to someone. But <laughs> I don't think he even does comedy anymore. You're like not even faced when yeah. you're not funny. Yeah, like you just seem like so cheery and you don't, it doesn't affect you. And I was like, I don't even know what bombing is. I'm not even at a level where I'm paying attention yet. You mean like I'm the bomb? Is that what yeah. you're trying to say? But that that comment was the first time I was like, oh, I think I'm supposed to be like listening to how the audience reacts. I was like maybe my third. Are you okay? Yeah, sorry. It's all good. Um, yeah, I mean, what? Listening what how the audience think? reacts. Well, because I, you know, uh, the first couple of times you're just in your head and it's just about your heartbeat so fast and you're just trying to say what you want to say <laughs> and just feel like feel out what it's like to be on stage that's really all it was in the very beginning was like oh my god I'm so nervous to stand on that stage in front of people 
how am I going to talk for two minutes, you know? And then uh, and then you get over that, and then you're like, okay, let me write some jokes. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, let's see how they do. Maybe connect this joke to this joke. Yeah. Get a Get a... A theme going. Oh man, it's but so when fun. But when I when I started, <laughs> I wasn't even like I didn't even know how to build a set. I talked about this on my podcast last week, but I was like, I was writing jokes because I thought going to a mic was like an exercise. Like, you write a joke, you do it on the mic, and then it's done. Like I wasn't trying to build oh. a set. So before Mike said, like, sit down and be like, oh, here's some funny things I've been thinking about. I I have a habit of writing things down anyway, so I would look through my notebook and be like. Well, maybe this is something funny. And then I would try to write a few jokes, and then I would do them on stage, and then if they did well, I'd be happy. If they didn't, I'd be like, okay, I did a thing. Yeah. And then the next mic, I'd write a new set of jokes, and I wasn't, like, trying to build anything. But you accidentally built a set. No, not, I mean, this was in the beginning when I wasn't doing stand-up, really, whenever I would go to mics. I treated it like, in high school, we had open mics at school, but not for comedy. Do you know okay. what I mean? Like, a classic when you think open mic and beatnik, whatever. It used to be... For first po- poetry and stuff. Yeah, but um, and music. Okay. I feel like for the most of the world that aren't comedians, when you hear I mean, open I, mic, you think I you started, don't think comedy. I started at open mic music spots, yeah. 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 So that's what I associated with the term open mic, um, was just literally an open mic. People went up there and did performance art. Yeah. And in high school, we would do them at school sometimes, you know, after school. So activities. the first time you went to an open mic, you weren't sure that it was... Only no, no, no. I knew it was stand-up oh, okay. by the time I went, but just in my mind, the way you approached a mic, I thought was like more of a performance than a workout room. Okay. More of like, I'm gonna go and perform the song for people, um, and I'm not a professional, so this the only chance I'll be able to perform is at a mic. Yeah, that's what I thought mics were, and they kind of are. Some yeah. people do do that still. Music more than comedy. Comedy, I think you're supposed to be doing. Mics and then shows, um, <laughs> but I so I treated it that way. I was like, okay, I'm gonna do stand-up, like write some jokes and yeah. do it at a mic and then I did it and then I'm going to write a new set next time because I don't want to do the same set again. Because <laughs> those jokes, I already did them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then now, I mean, it took me a while to figure out and I went to watch more stand-up before I realized this because I would see stand-ups I like doing the same thing. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, you have a set. Like, it changes, you know, it's a living thing. You're, yeah. you're altering it. Maybe you're working on a special and you'll, you know, build towards a bigger thing. But I was like, oh, okay, these aren't just things they do once. Like, you do it more than once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people who watch comedy don't know that. That they're like, whoa. That you repeat jokes. A lot of people... This is the first time they said any of these yes, jokes. I think so. And it's so crazy <laughs> to think that because I feel like I know better now. But that's how I used to think. And I think most people who don't see a lot of stand-up yeah. go to shows and think... This is just a thing they're making up right now. <laughs> I love when there are those moments, though, when they'll say it, and they'll be like, I've never said that joke before, and you're like, dope. Yeah. It, it did great. Keep doing that joke. Right. That's true. <laughs> it is really nice to find, like, lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in entertainment and comedy and everything, what is something that you would love to do that you haven't done yet? And it doesn't have to be oh. just one thing. Just in general? Yeah. Hmm. I'd love to do a set on late night TV. That's mm. definitely something that uh, do you have everyone a, says. But Do you have a particularly late night host in mind? Or you're just like, any, um, any of them take me? Oh, I mean, I would never turn anyone down. Um, no, I'd love to do Conan. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I love Conan. He's such an iconic late night host. Yeah. I mean, yes, the show is different now than it was. Have you watched the new show? 
Oh, you just premiered, right? It just came yeah, back. I yeah, I haven't yet. It's um. It's so, different. So it's just a half hour, and he has the guests on, and they talk. Do they even still do comedy? I mean, There's yeah, no they, they'll do like a little like interstitial bit at the beginning. Like no, I mean um, performances. They might not even do that no. anymore. Yeah, it's just the guests, True. and so he has. I think he's transitioned it where he's like, now I have my podcast and my show. Sure. And if I want to have someone on to talk to him, at a greater length, do I can have podcast. him on my podcast. But if not, I can just have him on the show. Yeah. Or I don't know if it's like either or the type thing. He probably has many people who schedule his life. Right, yeah, I don't know. I guess I have to update my answer for 2019. I don't know. Some Vine Stars late night show, probably. Um, God. It's so different now, which is have fine. You, have you watched um, Late Late Show, James Corden? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's been doing a couple of stand-ups. Oh, so funny. He just had a bunch of people on that I know. Yeah. That's great. His show reminds me of old Conan. Yeah. Like when Conan first starting out and was like, I don't know what to do, whatever, huh? blah, 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 just like all over the place. Yeah, they've struck some lightning in a bottle for a ton of stuff. Yeah. That's the thing is, like, just having new stuff does... Like, I complain... We all do. We all like, ah, things are different. But whenever there's <laughs> something new, they do find some, something... We find more interesting things. So I think that's good. And, yeah. you know, now there's opportunities that we didn't have, like, podcasts, like... Mm-hmm. You can... Instagram. Literally, people get followers on Instagram and then get specials from it. So, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's just, It's just a little bit... Confusing. There's it, not there's, one set path. Yeah, there are many roads to get to the many different places where we want to end up. Yeah, so I don't know. I'd love to do a, I, I'll update that answer. I'd like to do stand-up on TV. Okay. Um, in some sort of traditional format. In you the know. old school style yeah. format. Comedy of like, Central. Yeah. Netflix get into, even, that'd be cool. Get brought out, do my yeah. seven or eight minutes, whatever it is. I'd like to have a little debut. Because that's <laughs> traditionally like your debut, and then you really start touring yeah. on the road, and then you build your special, and yep. then maybe you sell a sitcom. It's different now. You could sell a sitcom before you even do late night, uh, which is another thing I'd like to do. I'd love to do all of that. But if we're being realistic, like things I'm currently working on, you know, I'm like trying to work on a showcase set so I could submit and... I guess I'm also writing sitcoms, but in my mind, they're more exercises than, like, I'm not at a place where I can just be, like, hit up a VP and be like, hey, want to buy this? So I think while it'd be great if I, you know, found something that nobody could deny, I'm not, like, being unrealistic about it. I also figured that call going, like, hello, Teresa? And then you're like, hey, want to buy this? No, I mean, I used to assist an executive producer, and that's how he sold stuff. He'd just be like, oh, I got lunch with so-and-so from MTV, and... I just we were just talking and I just came up with the sentence and anyways now we they wanted to buy uh they bought it so now we gotta write a treatment huh? he's like we gotta figure out what it is what? So that's how it used to be you could just sell something at the gym like running next to the showrunner and be like hey here's an idea we just people bought don't it. do that anymore they bought maybe they still do up top people love, who with money love to like use it. But they only like to give it to people who are on the inside. So this is the thing. And I know, so I'm not, like, trying to, like, get around it. you got to find a way in for them to trust you. Yeah. For them to not feel like you're just To be like, look, I have ideas. Yeah, and then once you're in, then they're, like, happy to buy your next thing. But you have to, like, play the game a little. I feel like the first thing is always hardest. (laughs) Oh, well, what about, um, what is your favorite part about creating, about making stuff, about... 
doing oh. it all. I love writing. That's my favorite part. That's yeah? I studied writing in school. Right. Um, I went to NYU for dramatic writing. Cool. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing I love the most. Whenever I'm away from it, I feel like I'll just have like this notebook that's like bursting with ideas. Not like they're all great, but just they come out of my head. So I feel like if I'm not writing, then I feel like I'm stopped up. Yeah. So I, I just need to like sit down and get pages out, even if they're shit pages. Um, <laughs> but that's what I love the most. I love writing jokes. I, I like performing is quickly caught up to something I love, but I think it's hard to like performing when you're starting out because you're not usually that good at it. I can't speak for everyone. Some people are naturally talented. <laughs> we were on that thing. Can we talk about that thing? Sure. Yeah, oh, the pile. Uh, are we allowed to? I don't, I don't know. know. It's not my project. Well, I'll just say <laughs> you were great in it. Oh, I thank saw the you. screening that they thank did. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I watched a, a video of it oh, cool. online, but I couldn't make the screening. <laughs> yeah, we both met at a, well, I guess we could be vague. I don't know if the creator wants it out there, but we mm -hmm. met on a uh, independent pilot yeah. shoot of mm -hmm. one of our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you. That's very nice. You too. <laughs> it was interesting to me. Well, when I'm talking about performing, I mean on stage because I guess I should backtrack. This, some people have this natural stage presence, but a lot of times, more often than not, let's say you're not a wonderkin, more often than not, you can start off bad and become good, right? That's how yeah. it should be. Yeah. So most people, and myself included, the first time you go on stage, you have no presence. You're not good. But like, you might have something that that makes you keep going like for me it was I felt like I was pretty good at writing jokes even though I've gotten much better at the time you know there was a little bit of like okay here and there I'll hit something that that was great okay cool that motivates me to keep going yeah. um, and then so the performing had to catch up to the joke writing for me mm -hmm. but now I feel a little bit more comfortable uh, about being on stage than I did like five years ago so yeah. I do love that now too yeah. I think you start to just love whatever you feel good at <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. It's true. Like, I don't even really know if I'm really good at writing anymore. I just know growing up I was told I was. So when you're a kid, it's easy to be good because you just have to be a little bit better than everyone. <laughs> um, but that narrative helps. That's why you got to tell people what they're good at because they'll keep doing it. Yeah, that's so awesome. <laughs> I don't know. Did you have that growing up? Like, was there a thing that you kept doing just because people told you you were good at it? Mm. And then you loved it because of that? Well... I was always kind of like trying to make people laugh and just, yeah. uh, my, I claim that since my birthday is like a couple days from Christmas, okay. that, that you're Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you're our Lord and Savior, finally. <laughs> no, my birthday was so close. And so then people would be out of town for birthday parties okay. and whatnot, or, um, and so I'd always try and get something together for my birthday and it'd always fall through or like a couple people show up and I'd be like well fine Aww. if people aren't going to show up for my birthday I'm going to try and show up for them all the time oh that's really nice <laughs> it's probably more subconscious level but it was also a thing of like I'd be watching stand up uh, or SNL or yeah. sometimes SCTV oh did you ever see that no so um, I feel like, did the, has SNL done like jokes about it I feel like I've heard, um, only heard it in parody stuff, or I've seen sketch parodies. Of and it. certainly they've done, like... No, I'm thinking of that TV Land. Oh. Because you know they used to do those parodies of TV Land, which I've never watched, but... On SNL, you mean? Yeah, like, oh, okay. I feel like I've seen, or maybe it was all that, I don't know. Just, like, sketch show, I've seen parody yeah. logo. Yeah. There's, the SCTV was, like, it started in Canada, and it was a bunch of Canadian comedians started okay. doing that. And they would... <clears throat> they would pump it in through the TV tubes. Yeah. 
after the show that came on after SNL, so into a Sunday morning, it was like oh. maybe 3 or 2 a.m., and it was oh. like SCTV, and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like very zany and wacky, like oh, Canadian comedy can be, I guess, but then also it, it has a lot of the improv feel where they're in a oh, crazy cool. situation but taking it completely seriously uh-huh. and um I don't did know. you ever watch um <laughs> this is a kids show in Canada but there's a pineapple a talking pineapple and he goes just we soon anana just we soon anana we watched that in front of us when I was like in second grade and I thought it was the funniest thing ever just a talking pineapple anyways it's Canadian how do you say I'm a pineapple? Just sweet. That sounds like they just took banana. Banana, yeah. banana but with no pee. <laughs> You're like, well, we got this. This is huh. an anana. It's like that old Dimitri Martin bit with, um, I bet they named oranges before they named <laughs> carrots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh. Well, these are oranges. We'll call them oranges. Okay, what are these? Uh, <laughs> long pointies. Long pointies. <laughs> ah. Was the color we got first the, or the food first? Um, that I don't know. <laughs> you know the color brown in Chinese is just coffee. Really? Yeah, it's named after coffee. Wait. Like the color brown. Brown. Like, in the same way that orange is named after a fruit, orange, or the whatever, vice versa, okay. who knows. But the color brown is cafe se, which is color, the color of coffee. That's what it translates to. What? Yeah. There may be, like, Wait. another more official arts term, but that's what people say. Cafe se. I'm trying to think. I think there's another one. Maybe mu, mu, which means wood. There may be some sort of very technical term for it, too, but I... Cafe se. It's brown, which means cafe is coffee. Wow, so they're just like, hey, I mean, I know that there's the word brown out there, but we just say the color mm-hmm. of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> but what is language? I mean, brown is not a word. It's just a it's collection thing of... we decided to name yeah. that thing, this color that we see. A collection of words and sounds that we decided make sense all together. Right. <laughs> like, we all recommend... Like, color itself is a language. Like, everywhere around the world we can look at one color and be like, that's brown, right? You could create a ling- You could create a code out of colors. Um, but you could all, you know, but a new language. We're naming a thing already that's already different to define it. Using yeah, using yeah. thing, using names that already exist. When I when I was little, I, I I don't know why I would do it, but sometimes I would just make up words, and so I'd be like tube and lubin, and like uh, my parents would be like what? <laughs> or I'd be like ink slabadoo. I don't know what that means. It's very Shakespearean of you. Shakespeare invented word. <laughs> So Chubin Lubin and Ink Schlabadoo, if they ever make it into the dictionary, I don't even know what they mean, so good fucking luck. Shakespeare invented the word bubble. Did you know that? Bubble? Yeah. No. It's a word. It wasn't a word before he invented it. Because it's just like, well, soap in a sphere, hanging around. I like uh-huh. reading, like, the like when you're a kid, they just show you all the words that Shakespeare invented. Because there's ones that are, like, we use all the time, like, bubble, and maybe... Did he Smoke invent mirror? Screen, something there's like, things like there's that. There's so many. Yeah, like, but there's ones that are, like, we use all the time. And then there's ones that are, like, wacky doodle, like, that we don't use. But you're like, well, what if... I can't... Like, it's, like, you know, like, 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 
hair bender curve face or whatever. And you're like, we don't use that. But what if we just <laughs> just some of the words that are on there are just so like hair bender curve head face in your butt or whatever. <laughs> a lot of it's insults. Most of it's insults. Ass is a head in your butt. <laughs> I want to see what are some of those. Let's see, Shakespeare invented. Because some of them are like, okay, duh, joy, we use these all this time. And then some of them are just so. Okay, so invented like Academy, Zany. Academy. Which are like cool, cool, cool. That's all fine, you know. But then there's ones that are like brillig, and you're like, what the heck is that? You know what I mean? You're like, we don't use yeah. that. Why don't we? Ass in a head in your butt. Dewdrop. He invented dewdrop. Dewdrop. That's a good one. But then there's um. Bubble. I mean, honestly, kind of lazy writing. <laughs> dewdrop. No, inventing words. Have you ever like when you're a kid and you're writing, teachers are like they'll circle and be like, not a word, not a word. <laughs> but like, he was just like, mm, I'm not gonna figure out the word. I'm just gonna make it up. I'm just gonna fucking say something and say it's a word, and you have to accept it. Um, because there were like <laughs> words in French when I was growing up that, like, I studied French and my vocabulary wasn't there yet. So when I was writing essays, sometimes I'd be like, I don't know what this word. I'll just guess, you know, like, and I'll do an uh, anglicized version of it. Oh yeah. Like for example, if I'm like, I don't know how to say building, I'll be like, le building. <laughs> I know that teacher would be like, this isn't a word. Like you can't. But I'm like, you know what I mean. <laughs> but I feel like that's what building. <laughs> that's what Shakespeare was doing. Latest, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't have the how you say answers. The answer. Well, there are ones like that where I'm like, I know that's not a word, but every once in a while, I'll be like, let me guess, like, you know, if it's like airport, I'd be like, maybe airport, which is aeroport, which is pretty close, but. Yeah. Because oh, a lot of words do repeat, you know? Cognates are common. So then you're like, all right, let me, let me like... Let me guess. Maybe, maybe it won't be wrong. <laughs> I'm trying to find, like, a dumbass insult here. Le champagne? And they're like, champagne. actually, yeah, yeah that, that works. That <laughs> That's what we stole from them. Oh, here we go. Like, uh, okay. Uh, oh, these are insults. Clay-brained. Clay-brained? Frothy is a word, but, like, gore-bellied, I don't think we use. Uh-uh. Haggard we use, but we don't use beef witted. Beef witted? You know, so it's like why bat fouling. Whoa. Don't they sound lazy? <laughs> These are not smart words. Bat fouling. Clapper clawed. <laughs> Boil brained. Flap mouthed. Fen sucked. Elf skinned. Wait, elf skinned? Yep. You know, huh. those the <laughs> let's use an imaginary creature to describe a thing to add clarity to the thing we already don't know. Like, this is lazy. Shakespeare was lazy. I love Shakespeare. What a, how lazy. <laughs> Typical entitled white male. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, you're so elf-skinned <laughs> right now. What does that even mean? Beef-witted. Don't yes. act like you don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I'll bite my tongue and my thumb at thee, uh-huh. sir. I wish I could do bits about right? Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm like, even talking about this, it gets me excited. I'm like, that would be so funny. But I've learned my lesson. Every time I've tried to work, like, literary references into my bits, I'll have, like, one laugh, and then I'm like, 
you and I would get along, but then it's like dead air. This is why I'm like bombing's not bombing because in my head I'm like if I made one person really understand it and get it, yeah, I love it. But then I'm like, eh, I wouldn't do it for a taping. People would be like, oh my god, who is it? we do not relate to this nerd. <laughs> <laughs> got bottles of water. Do you want? To... <laughs> oh yeah, they're all just being um, elf skin. Yeah, they're all so elf skin. <laughs> I'm like, this would be. I would love to write a bit about how Shakespeare was lazy, but I think people it would alienate most people, and I think people would be like, "What are you talking about?" Well, what you could do is get all the words that I'm sure, surely no one has heard, like elf skinned, like um, gore bellied. Yeah, or I could just be like, "Did you know?" This was a word he invented, but then I could also be like, did you know this? And it wouldn't be one. I'd be like, did you know he invented the word latte? And I'd be like, what? And then I'd be like, that's a lie, but you guys are idiots, so that's why you don't like my joke, because you Ooh. don't know. Or one way you could do it is you could present, like, a handful of words in a sentence, or maybe a paragraph, and then and then just be like, Shakespeare's an idiot, blah, 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 blah. He made that, this word, this word, this word, and then that's the other handful, and then be like, but really... You guys are idiots because I used a bunch of words that he invented yeah. in that first. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, maybe I'll write down. But maybe don't call I'll, everyone idiots. I'll come back. To, I'll come back. To you. you convince me. You convince me to give it another shot. Although I know because I've always tried to make Shakespeare work and it never works. But uh, the immortal bard. Uh, truly, I will bomb and it'll be your fault. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I this joke about Hedda Gabler that I used to do because I it was it's like maybe one of my favorite jokes I've written just Who's because Hedda I Gabler? like it. It's just a play. Oh, okay. um, uh, it's it's just like a literary reference that I thought was funny, but I realized that it didn't you read make it just a lot. people. No, I how I I got into um, I got into comedy writing because or stand up and performing through playwriting. Okay. Because I grew up watching or not watching, but I grew up doing theater and reading plays, and I loved plays so I wanted to write plays and then that's how I studied screenwriting yeah and that's you what got me into writing it. yeah and so when people ask about who my comedic influences are like I didn't grow up watching stand-up so I'm like I love playwrights like I love mm-hmm. Sam Shepard I like I love absurd like I like for me it's like if you actually read those plays like they're so funny you know like <laughs> you ever read like Noel Coward it's like laugh out loud funny yeah um <laughs> but that's I think their version of what stand-up was <laughs> I don't know. Back then, they were. I mean, yeah. yeah you they... go to laugh at a play. Oh, There's so dirty awesome. jokes and like all the Shakespeare plays. I'm trying to think of some playwrights. Um, Andrew Lloyd Webber, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's more of a mu- musical. Um, um, what about what? Um... I was in Cats when I was. Um, oh, I've still never seen school. Cats. Oh, I was Mr. Mistopheles. <laughs> so if you ever watch it, that really? was who I was. Cool. Yeah. Um, what's uh, uh, who did Glen Gary Glen Ross? Oh, uh, isn't that? Oh, wait, who? Because that was a movie, but it was a movie yeah, based wait. off of a play, right? Or was the movie just like, sure. like a play? Oh, on that purpose? was um, Mamet, David Mamet. Oh yeah, maybe playwright. I feel like I should know this. That's one I never actually watched. Um, That's what I finally watched in my adulthood, and I was like, oh fuck. Because there's a bunch of quotes from it. No, where oh, I'm it like, was Mammoth, yeah. Oh, cool. It was okay. I mean, like, he's like one of those guys who everyone's like. The I, best. Yeah, he's no, the he's best great. He's a good writer, but yeah, I I, don't, I wasn't as. I liked a lot of absurd writers. Okay. But, like? Um, uh, like Ionesco. Mm-hmm. I loved. Um, Shout out. 
What? Oh, are you a big Ionesca fan? No, I'm just saying for anyone out there who is. He wrote weird stuff. <laughs> he was French, but he wrote, like... Actually, him and um, uh, Beckett, I think, didn't like each other. Because they're... Like, Beckett was very, like, grounded absurdity, if that makes sense. Okay. And then Ionesca was just like, let's throw everything out the window. It's like, the like, words don't mean anything in this place. But okay. then also, because they don't mean anything, you can really feel the, uh, like... The emotions of the yeah. moment? Yeah. Okay. He has one about, I, I, um, like, the chairs. It's just a play where it's these couples who are hosting a party. It's this old couple hosting a party. And they put out all these chairs. And yeah. it's just, like, this absurd play where they're, like, in an apartment putting out chairs. And nobody comes. Like, it's, like, empty. But then you're, like, are there... You're not sure if the guests are invisible or if they're not showing up or if the couple's crazy. Because oh. they play it real. And then at the end, they just jump out a window. What? But a lot of this stuff was addressing... Um, <laughs> The political environment, like he, I think that one was a baby brown world about you or about Nazis. Like all of them have some sort of like meaning where you're like, Undertone, oh shit, yeah, then you feel like, it. Oh. Like you really do feel it. Okay. There's a catharsis to it, which I think all good plays should have. Um, so when you said the words, anything. so when you said the words don't have meaning, do you mean that the way they were saying them didn't make any sense, like the order or? They were saying them to people or to chairs, and it just was like whatever. Um, was. Like, The Ball Sopranos is his most favorite, famous one, and it's about a family, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very abs- absurd. And they, it's called The Ball Soprano in French, uh, La Cantatrice Chauve. Okay. And, they, and there's no Ball Soprano, and there's just a lot of craziness that doesn't, like, things don't make sense. Like, a firefighter shows up, and he's like, Where's the fire? And then, like, someone has a nest on their head or something it's like and then at one point they just go and what of the bald soprano and then like is none of the words mean anything and then at one point they're yelling like e-i-o-o like at each other vowels so you're like what is this but it also tracks like there is an arc and it makes sense yeah but it doesn't have you, if you've um, never seen the Bald Soprano, and it, you sh- I recommend it. The but Bald also, Soprano. Yeah, but if you ever go to live. Paris, I have to see it live. You should see it live. But if you go to Paris, there's this playhouse that's been doing it every, maybe every night, at least a couple times a week for like decades since like the war. So and that's the one they hit. And they do, yeah, that's the one they do. That's like the the main company that does it. Um, yeah, it's very. But anyways, that kind of got me into writing because of just like you realize what you can do with words. Yeah. Like, they don't have to mean things. But they do. I think as a writer, you have an intention, and you have... A I purpose. feel like I'm alienating you have a your purpose. whole audience. Yeah. No, you have a purpose when you're you starting know, something yeah. to be like, I need to tell this story. And so you're like, all right. Like, the uh, one way I write is I just... I won't skeleton most of it. I'll just be like, I'm going to fucking start here and, like, just keep going and then, like, check the page count. And then you're like, okay come back to this yeah. scene maybe extend it a little bit shorten this part and you have something that you're like how do you want people to feel how do I want to feel and then when you write yeah. it you're like oh this didn't make me feel that way so I gotta rewrite it or whatever yeah. it's, you know there's like the kind of like a missing element that's not just the words that you that ties it all together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's what I like about plays you ha- only have like what two hours maybe three if it's a really long play yeah. to get a whole story across and to feel like something and it's cool because playwrights who are good at it make you feel it every time. Oh, your dog is the best. Yeah, he's cutie. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you seen? There was, I believe it was Kyle Mooney, but it could have been someone else. And it was, um, 
this thing that they fed uh, a script into a computer. Oh, the... yes. It was um, Ke- uh, Keaton Patty, I think, did it. Okay. Yeah. It was like the script. Um, a came generator, out... right? Yeah, and it came yeah. out all weird. Like, the, the dialogue was completely random, and all the words they were saying to each other had no meaning <laughs> outside of the feeling that they were trying to portray. Yes. Yeah, I think because Keaton and he's done it for quite a few things. If we're talking about the same thing, he's done it where he's like, I fed a robot like a thousand hours of Seinfeld or a thousand hours of Olive Garden commercials, a thousand hours of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He does it for that and then it, it spurns out a script. I think he writes them though. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the joke. But, <laughs> but I don't know. It's very clever. And, and, and constantly I see pop up my feed or people who don't know him will share it. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Good for you. Oh, wait. So, like, he's carefully... I think so, because I don't think he's... Oh. I don't know that exists, a generator that will just... Maybe it does, but I'm like, how, where would he get a thousand scripts of Olive Garden commercials? <laughs> I don't think he has access to that. And, but it's very funny. And he writes... Like, they're great. And they do... They're believable that a robot did it. The thousand scripts of Olive Garden commercials. Do you know what I mean? Like when you think about it, most stuff you read is fake, but it's entertaining to believe it. So I think it's fine. I think it's okay to lie to the public if it's for entertainment. Yeah. And you're not hurting anyone. Like that's something where the joke is funnier if you don't think that person wrote it, and you also appreciate that they had the thought to feed it to the thing. So they still get the credit. Nobody's it's a, in trouble. He's not taking credit for anything. It's a layered bit. Yeah, it's much funnier. <laughs> it's much funnier when you think it's real. That would be so much harder to be like, uh, um, but I don't know. I don't want to say like yeah. who knows. I don't. He didn't tell me it's fake, but I'm just. My guess is he doesn't have hours of commercial scripts. <laughs> There's always the Wu Tang name generator. Right. That's true. So they've got a bunch of names and stuff in there. Yeah, I wonder. Maybe it's like piecemeal. Yeah, like, maybe. And then he's Whatever like, makes well, it I want the next paragraph to be really fucked up. <laughs> Name generator, and then he feeds a piece of paper into a little machine that's like. I think as long as there's that. truth in it. Like, <laughs> at the heart of something has truth, it's yeah. okay to make up. Well, where do you stand on that for bits and stuff? You, um, I, I do like, pranks, I but. do like to be, I'm pretty truthful on yeah. stage, and then if there's anything that, like, slightly skewed, then it's pretty obvious that it's not real. Sure. Like, I'll, I'll, like I'll, a tag where it's like, clearly this is just for the punch. Yeah, or like, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just be like, that was, that part, that last part was a joke, but the rest was real or something, like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but you get the laugh. I, yeah, I, I always write from truth first, but then I go to what's funny. So, like, I'll never make up something, you know, so fake that, I don't know, I could in the future, I don't want to say I won't, because who, who knows, whatever's funny, but I won't, like, like, I won't be like, uh, I got in a car crash if I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, that yeah. feels like a big lie, but if I got in a crash and then... The ambulance came, and then there was a funny exchange, which maybe made me want to write about it. But then at the and make up something. The ambulance said, "I think that's okay." Because to me, I'm like, "Oh, there's something funny." Well, it just depends. Like, I'm like, if it's funny to me, like I'm trying to think of an example. Like, I used to have a joke about how I showed up to this guy's house at 4 a.m. to yeah. like tell him how I felt, which I really did do. Mm-hmm. But at the end of it, I give him wife and kids because it's I, the punchline. Like, I kind of was like, "Oh, he wasn't happy," and neither was his wife and kids. And then I'm like, "His kids love me." Just kidding. But that's fake because he didn't have a wife and kids. But it was just to me like. Felt like I was missing something, yeah. and so I added that, and it, it was, was a working. Great punch. 
Yeah, and then also then I added the just kidding because I wanted to say just kidding because he didn't. But then instead of saying just kidding, he didn't. I thought it was funnier to say his kids love me. So then I was doing that and then people would be like, is that true? Is everything you say true? And I'm like, well, no, it's not. But then I still feel like it's true because I wrote that joke from this painful memory of me doing this stupid thing. So I don't know. I don't know where you draw the line. I've had that happen before where... um... No. I don't know where you went. Over there. <laughs> Not like as much further to yeah. go, right? No, yeah. he's just like over there. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I wrote a song one time and someone came up to me after and they were like, whoa, did that really happen? And I go, no, it was just a song I wanted to write. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they were like, totally cool. You could do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um,. Man, I feel like this has been an awesome episode. Oh, thanks. Do you thanks. have things to plug? Everything, plug yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, sure. I have oh. a podcast. Yeah. Um, it's called You Can Tell Me Anything. Okay. Um, people confess secrets they've never told anyone. Whoa. So, yeah, it's fun. It's, you can find it on iTunes, wherever. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Larissa T. <laughs> it's the first letter of my name switched around. Teresa Lee, but Larissa T. <laughs> You got it. If you you didn't get it, it, look it up. I finally finally changed my Instagram handle to match my Twitter because it was different for a while. Ah. A long time. So now you can find me on all the platforms. Across all socials. I branded myself. (laughs) Ugh, gross. (laughs) That's another part of the business that people don't... They're just like, oh, so what do you... Like, what? Yeah. (laughs) You're like, all this fakeness. It's not fake. Some of it. You know, but you know, at one point, it, I like just liked iced tea, and my handle was Lee Iced Tea, and then people were like, why is it that? And I had to explain it, and then I was like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'll just change it. It's fine. <laughs> Do I have to explain? I like iced tea, and my last name's Lee. <laughs> just figure it out. Yeah. You know what? Anyways. <laughs> well, this has been You and Me and Thoughts and Talk with Doug Culp and... Teresa Lee. All right. <laughs> Wait, let's see. Stop recording.